0: You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church, Midrand. The place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Well, it's good to see you all this morning. God has been doing great things in our midst. Amen. Last week was incredible. It was incredible. It was powerful. It was life-changing. And you know, God spoke clearly. He says it's time to defeat giants. And we are taking them one by one. We're dealing with them. We are letting them know who the boss is. We're letting them know that the greater one is in us. Amen. Today we're standing our ground as children of God, as kings. And as priests unto God and we are seeing giants fall amen. amen as we started worshiping the Lord spoke clearly to me and he said to me at the end of this meeting while you are receiving the word you are there are people who will be receiving new swords Maybe what you've been using has been too blunt. Maybe what you've been using, every time you bring it before the enemy, he looks at you and says, what is this? There is an understanding that you need for your sword to be sharpened. There is a word you need that will sharpen it and cause you to begin to defeat giants. Amen. We're speaking on defeating giants on your path. Hallelujah. Anyone on a journey today? Anyone God has given an assignment to? Is there someone who is heading somewhere? Just a few people. And some hands at the back. (laughs) You are heading somewhere. And I, I also know that there are people who are surprised. As they are heading somewhere, they're surprised that there are giants on the way. We are going about the business God has asked us to do, right? We are going about God's business, going about kingdom business. And then you encounter some giants. And then you begin to wonder, is God even with me? If I am following the will of God, why am I seeing giants on the way? I don't know if you've asked that question. I have. Why am I so opposed when I have said, yes, Lord? Why has the forces of darkness decided they have no business Anywhere else but with me. <laughs> Anyone here who feels, no, 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 no. The, it's like the, the enemy is concentrating on me. Yeah? It's like he, he's forgotten that I'm not the only one on this earth. And he's zeroed in on me. And he's saying, you will not move forward. I have news for you. And I need to change some things. Excuse me. Please be very, very worried on your journey if you don't meet giants. Be very concerned as you go and you don't face opposition. You better start checking what's happening here. I know that as people of God, as powerful people of God that you are, as you're going on the journey, before you head there, you've already cleared the way. And so you're not expecting anything on the way, so you just want, you know, just smooth sailing. But giants know where treasure is. Giants know where the goods lie. And they look there and they stay there and they say, come. Let's see how you're going to get it. There's no giant. I I mean, think about it. The security you have, maybe on a corn field. And the security you have in a jewelry store. Where they have some serious gold and diamonds and all that. It's different, isn't it? Even in the mall, amen, if you go to the mall right now, when you're going into this or Woolies or wherever you go, you just walk in. You see the scripture and you say, oh. sometimes you don't even look at them, right? <laughs> and you just walk in. There's some stores you walk into in the same mall. When you walk in there, as soon as you get in, they shut the door behind you. No one else is entering. They lock you in. When you point at something, I I want this one, they have to deactivate an alarm. Maybe you haven't been into Because I'm seeing some people are like, really? Upgrade my people. You need to start going into those places where you point and they they say, first one, and then they deactivate some, and they bring it out. And you look, and after looking, you say, "Mm, how about that one? It's in the same mall as Pep Store. But the security is different. Sometimes you're looking at other people and you're like, we started this journey together. Why are they not facing the kind of opposition I'm facing? Do you know what you are carrying? And do you know where you are going? When the enemy starts opposing you, begin to ask yourself, what is behind this giant? When you are trying to get somewhere and the enemy stands in the way, you find a giant on the way. Ask yourself, what is behind the giant? Unfortunately, a lot of times when we face the giant, we don't move. When we face the giant, we have many excuses. But at the end of this meeting, as a matter of fact, while we're still speaking, You become that person that looks at the giant and says, I want to know what's behind. I want to know what is behind this giant. I want to know, I'm curious enough to know what God has for me behind this giant. I want to know what it is the enemy is fighting so hard for. I want to know why he does not want me to get there. I want to know. I want to know why the giant is there. And I'm not going to sit back and cry and say, There's a giant. I'm going to fight and say, Let me see what is behind that giant. Amen. There's always a reason. Let's look at Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Mark chapter 4. I'm going to read from verse 35. It says, on the same day when evening had come and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Someone say, let us cross over to the other side. There's movement, amen. They're embarking on a journey. Let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in, in, in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose. Can I read that again? And a great windstorm arose. It wasn't just any ordinary storm. It wasn't just some cool breeze. You know, sometimes when you are watching a movie and, and you know they get into the boat. And some wind is blowing. There's a nice ambience. And they even have some nice music playing, isn't it? To just show we, we, we're now on the boat. It's, it's a nice, beautiful cruise we're upon now. He says, no, that's not what happened here. It wasn't what happened. Amen. He says it was what? A great windstorm. And the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling up. Excuse me. Why what provoked this great windstorm simple instruction let us go to the other side that's the only thing let us go to the other side the moment jesus said it's time to go to the other to the other side they got into the boat The enemy said, no, you are not going to the other side. And the enemy caused for a great windstorm and even tried to drown them. The Bible says it filled the boat. He tried to drown them just so they don't get to the other side. What was on the other side? I need to know what was on the other side what was so important what was so serious that the moment jesus gave the instruction let us go to the other side that the enemy had to bring everything he had what is it about your life what is it about you That the moment you set off and you say, I'm going, I heard God, and I'm going, I'm starting this project, I'm going, God spoke to me, I'm going. What is it about that project that has caused a great windstorm to arise? There are people here that the Lord has given great vision. Some have shared it. Mind blowing stuff. But I haven't heard anything again about it. Why? Because a great windstorm arose. But today, you're going to do what Jesus did when the great windstorm arose. Because they could have drowned, they could have stayed there, and they could have cried. That they were experiencing opposition, but they did not. Hallelujah. Verse 38, but he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? (laughs) Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? That's what he's asking you and I today. Why are you so fearful? Where is your faith? Did I not say let us go to the other side? If I said, let us go to the other side, do you think you will not arrive the other side? If I said, let us go to the other side, did I not count the storm? If I said, let us go to the other side, do you think I didn't know you were going to face oppositions? But the word I gave you, let us go to the other side, is enough for you to arrive. Let us go to the other side is enough word to take you there. But I keep asking, what was on the other side? Let's keep going. And I'll go to verse 5, chapter 5. Chapter 5 says, Then they came to the other side. Hallelujah. (laughs) So even though the storm came, it had to be steeled for them. Even though the storm came, listen to me. Even though the storm has come, even though the giants has come, they have to make way for you to get to the other side. When I came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes, and when he had come out of the boat, immediately... They met out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Now, this is why they went to the other side. For this man with an unclean spirit, there are some people that you are supposed to reach and the enemy will do everything in his power to make sure you don't. Do you know how he intimidates people when it's time for outreach? (laughs) Time for evangelism. He will fill your mind with all kinds of thoughts. What if this? What if that? What if they say this? Meanwhile, there is someone on the other side of your obedience waiting. This man had been dwelling among the tombs and no one could bind him not even with chains because he had been he had often been bound with shackles and chains and the chains had been pulled apart by him imagine that chains pulled apart that like it's no ordinary strength you know that it's not ordinary it is demonic strength all right and broken in pieces neither could anyone tame him And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying, crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and he worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For For he said to him, come out of the man unclean spirit? Then he asked him, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. And also he begged him earnestly that he he would not send him out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him saying, send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So those who fed the swine fled, and they told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that, he, that had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the man who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who saw it told how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they began to plead with him to depart from their region. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him, that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. Verse 20 is why I've read all of this. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. Hallelujah. This demon possessed that Jesus went for. When Jesus said, let's go to the other side, he was going for this man. This man's destiny, his assignment involved ten cities. Amen. His assignment, he was sent, go back, go to the couple. He went there, ten cities in a demon-possessed man, and the enemy wanted to keep him there. And so, because there was a need for salvation, for deliverance, because there was a need for the exploits that will happen through this man, the enemy said, you are not going. Because of what God has ordained for you to do, the enemy says, you're not going. But today... If Jesus and the disciples could get to the other side, I want to announce to you that you will get to the other side. Amen. 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 Glory to God. I was asking, Lord, why are there giants? Why? Why are they there? And he gave me some points and I want to share those with you. Why are the giants here? Number one, he says, the giants are here to intimidate you. Because they're bigger than you, right? They look bigger than you. Once you see them, you are intimidated. Once you see a giant, once you see an opposition, it looks bigger than you. Once you see what the enemy has put before you, it's bigger than you. Have you ever seen a mountain that is smaller than you? They are all bigger than you. They are what? Intimidating. So the Lord said to me, he, he, those giants are there to intimidate you. To make you feel like you cannot move forward. To stand on your path and say you are not going. Just by their mere presence. Are you following? Just by them being there, you are already intimidated. Remember the spies, the 10 of them. Excuse me, nothing had happened. They only went to spy out the land. The guys, the giants have said nothing. There's some giants before you. They've said nothing to you yet. You only saw them and you were intimidated. They haven't even acted. They haven't even taken a step. But you were already intimidated. Those guys went there, they saw them. They didn't even know if they were friendly giants. (laughs) The moment they saw them, they were intimidated. But I know another guy who saw a giant. And he was not intimidated by his size. Other people saw the giant and they were intimidated. But this young lad, David, saw the giant and he was not intimidated. The enemy positions giants in your way, on your path, for some just to intimidate you. But today, you will no longer be intimidated by any giant. In the name of Jesus. I need this side to say amen. I'm going to reshuffle you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And to think I'm facing you more than them. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Second reason. We're going to speak about the reasons why the giant is there before we deal with the giants. You must know why, why, why is he there? Why is he there? Number two, is to distract you and force you to lose sight of where you are going. The giant is there to distract you so that you lose sight. Can we look at Mark chapter 14? Mark 14. I'm going to read... No, it's actually Matthew. I I knew that was wrong. Matthew 14. From verse 22. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat. We're reading boats here and see. He made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitude away, He went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea. Somebody say the boat was in the middle of the sea. Some of you are in the middle of your journey. Some of you have started and you are in the middle of your journey. The boat was in the middle of the sea, and it was tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, "'It is a ghost,' excuse me, and they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, "'Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid.'" And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And uh, so he said, what? Come. What did Jesus say? And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. There's some of you, Jesus has said, come. Some of you that have started the journey, you heard him. He said, come, and you took a step. You've started the journey. And when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And he began to sink. And he cried out saying, Lord, save me. I want to stop here because this is so important to me. Jesus said, come. Jesus said what? Come. Jesus has given the instruction. Come. And he started on the path to where Jesus was. He started walking towards Jesus until what happened? He started hearing the wind. He started hearing. It it wasn't gentle. It was loud. It was distracting. It was wild. It was very active. The enemy knows how to shout. He knows how to intimidate you. He knows how to begin to draw your attention. Now, Peter's attention, he distracted Peter. And a lot of times you find that you've started the journey to come. You've started when Jesus says, come. You're already in the middle of come. You are walking on that word, come. And as you're walking on that word, you turn around, the enemy begins to make noise. The giants show up in the middle of the word. And all of a sudden, you take your eyes off the one who said, Come. And you begin to observe the wind. Did the Bible not say, He that observes the wind would not sow? You begin to observe the things happening. You begin to pay attention to the giant and what he's saying. You begin to pay attention to how wild the wind is. You lose focus. Excuse me. The giant is present to distract you. If you can just stay focused. The wind is blowing. Everything is, you know, wild around you. Everything is crazy around you. Who knows what I'm talking about? Yeah, when everything is crazy, when the temptation is to focus on it and say, if I can just calm down this wind, if I, if I can just calm down the waters first, then I can continue walking. Hello? If I can just make sure everything around me is perfect, then I can continue walking. Excuse me, it does not have to be perfect. Jesus said, come, that's all you need. That's all you need. And if you had focused on him, the wind would have made all the noise it wanted and it would not have stopped you. (laughs) What I'm saying to you is that you can arrive at your destination even with the noise. You can still go where he has asked you to go, even when the enemy is playing around. There's some giants you tell where to get off. And there's some you look at and like, were you talking to me? All this, was it for me? (laughs) When I said all this, was it for me? I remembered one day, Pastor and I were driving. Uh, He was driving, and then we needed to switch because I was going into an estate that I had access to. And as we switched sides, uh, the moment I got into the car, I looked and I took off. The next thing I saw, the police flying to me. And, you know, so I I just moved aside because I thought they were rushing for someone else. Because it couldn't have been for me. What did I do? And when I parked, I saw they also parked. I'm like, oh, there it's me. And so when the guys came down, you should have seen this action. It was like from a movie. They were like, I don't know, six to how many of them? jumped out of the car, some crossed the road, guns cocked, everything it was like, you know, and everybody was like, positioned, stopping cars on that side. One stood by the passenger's door, the other one stood on my side, one stood behind. And then when I wound on, the guy came, I just said, officer, all this for me? (laughs) So all this chaos, all this, whoa, whoa, whoa. is it for me? That's just, I said, is, it, is all this just for me? Sometimes that's how you need to look at the enemy. When he starts making noise and pulling out everything and organizing himself and calling all his demons. And they're making us and running around looking as if, ooh, you're going down. You turn around and say, me? You're talking to me? At the end of the day, they looked foolish for everything that happened. Because first of all, I was not intimidated. And we just talked calmly. The enemy wants to cause you to lose focus. Don't lose focus. Amen. I want to move quickly. Number three, the reason why the giant comes and stands in your way, he wants you to think you are going the wrong way. He wants you to think, you know, when you've started the journey, God has told you what to do. And you start the journey. And you start facing opposition, obstructions, giants, and all kinds of things. And he comes before you. You know, you begin to wonder, says, but if God told me, why am I facing this thing? And then the enemy begins to whisper to you, you know, this is not how God wanted you to do it. This this is not the way. The enemy's plan is to redirect you. That's why you have giants on your path. I just needed to understand some things so that when you understand it and you begin to deal with giants, you deal with them properly. He wants you to think by standing in your way, by opposing you, he wants you to think, ah, you made a mistake. You're, You're going the wrong way. This is not how you're supposed to go. But today, you have understanding that the fact that there is a giant in my way does not mean I'm going the wrong way. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That encourages me. It blesses me. The fact that I have opposition does not mean I'm going the wrong way. The fact that the enemy is fighting does not mean I missed God. Actually, can be a strong indication that you heard God. Why else is he fighting? Why else is he pushing hard? Why else is he wanting you to think that you're going the wrong way? Why is he offering you an alternative? Why is he trying to redirect you? It's because you heard God. Anyone who is going to get to the other side needs to know how to ignore what the enemy is saying. Anyone who is going to get to that place where God has sent them to, anyone who is going to inherit the promise needs to know how to respond to the enemy. Sometimes it's just with you speaking a word. And that's enough to paralyze him. Just enough for you to say, I know what God said to me. When he's saying to you, you are making a mistake. You say, I'm not making a mistake. You are making the mistake. It is you who thinks you can deceive me making the mistake. So he wants to redirect you. Another thing he wants to do or the reason why you find giants on your path is to present you the option to abandon the mission. Not only does he want to misdirect you, he wants you to actually abandon it. To abandon the mission and go back. I need to read a scripture. Exodus. Let's read Exodus chapter 14. Exodus 14. From verse 10. We know the story. We know how the children of Israel had been crying out in Egypt in their bondage and asking for deliverance, right? And then deliverance came, isn't it? And God did many mighty works and sent plagues and all kinds of things happened for this deliverance. And so Pharaoh finally let them go. Verse 10. I think I'll read from there. Let's see. Okay, let's just go. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes. And behold, the Egyptians marched after them. Now, Remember, they were already camped by the Red Sea, isn't it? Yeah. So they were camped by the Red Sea, and the next thing they lift their eyes and they are seeing what? Egyptians. So they're stuck, right? So they were afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Because there are no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Were these not the people that were crying for deliverance? And verse 12, they says, is this not the word that we told you in Egypt? Saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. We're okay. And they said, for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians... Then we should die in the wilderness. The moment they faced opposition, the moment they saw the giants, the moment they saw Pharaoh's army, they were ready to turn around. Isn't it better we just go and beg? Isn't it better that we go back? Isn't it better we abort this mission and just go back and say, Pharaoh, we are sorry. Take us back as your slave. Isn't it better for us? If you read through scripture on this guy's journey, they were always constantly ready to go back. When they have no food, no, they had food. When they had no meat, you know the kind of food they wanted, let's go back. When they experience a little inconvenience, let's go back. I'm talking to someone who has experienced just a little inconvenience. Let's go back. May you not be yoked with someone who wants to go back. You don't understand. You know what it is to be yoked? Imagine being married to someone. The moment you you said, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, I love you from beginning to the end. There's no one else like you. The sugar in my tea, the butter on my bread. That's what they used to say those days. I'm sure they say nicer things now. You are the reason why I woke up this morning. My smile keeper. The things they say. And then you get into the thing. And then after a little while, you see something, just an inconvenience. You know what? I look. My father's house is better than this house. Immediately, you want to go back. Hello. The moment you face, we'll be like, I, you know, I don't need to take this nonsense here. You, you know where you when you came for me. You know where I was. We're all looking straight, like we don't know what I'm talking about. Some of us have packed our bags. Yes. And said, uh, let me go back. Why? Because I faced something. So I'm ready to abort mission. Maybe because you had a nasty relationship, you say, oh, men come. Never again. There so many things God has prepared for you even let me go back to marriage even within that marriage why is the storm raging why ask yourself there are other marriages why is my own raging like this why is the enemy opposing us so much? It's because you are going to the other side. And that other side is a fulfillment of great things God has ordained. Imagine you starting school and then suddenly saying, I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't expecting it to be so tough, and because it's this tough, I'm going back. Going back where, to your mother's womb? It's too late. You are out. You came, boom. You know how we say this adulting thing is overrated? It, you can't go back. You're an adult. I'm sorry. So when you face your position, what do you do? You deal with it. you don't go back. That's one other reason. Amen. Amen. I like what the Bible says in Exodus 14. In, 14, in Exodus 14, I think verse 15, it says to, it says to them, even when they were crying, let, let's check it quickly. Exodus 14. Mm-hmm. I'll read verse 15. And the Lord said to Moses, Why do they cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to do what? Please, can you help me? Tell somebody beside you, go forward. Do you know what it meant for them to go forward? They were going into the Red Sea. You see why I told you, the one who has given you the command, you walk on his command, period. That's all. The Red Sea is there. The Egyptians are there. The giants are there. The opposition is there. The sea is boisterous. All of those things. Jesus says, come. Jesus says, go forward. That's all. You're not as, go forward to where there's a Red Sea. He just says, just tell them, go forward. I know what I'm doing. Just go forward. Let me tell you, we've been going forward. Even when you expected us to pack up, when you expected even this church to pack up, God still says, go forward. Even when we faced the greatest of oppositions, God is still saying, go forward. He never recalled us. He never. You know in diplomacy, uh, uh, when you're an ambassador or whatever, you're sent on posting. They can send you to a country. You can be there maybe four years, how many years? Then they do what? They recall you. If they haven't recalled you, stay there. So God did not recall us. And because he has not recalled us, we go forward. Because he did not say, I'm not the one that gave you that assignment. You go forward. Because he did not say that project, it wasn't me. It was your ambition. You go forward. Maybe you're hearing the enemy, but tune your ears to the voice of the Spirit. Some of us are more tuned in to the enemy. My sheep hear my voice. My sheep know my voice. The voice of a stranger they will not follow. But some of us are so tuned in to the enemy, tuned out. To the voice of God. There's some people, you are hearing what you want to hear. And God is answering you according to your greed, according to your idol. When you are insisting, I'm going this way, meanwhile, God has already told you, you have listened to the enemy. You don't know he's redirecting you. And that's the voice you want to follow. And God says, Keep going. I answer you according to the idol in your heart. I refuse to hear the voice of the stranger. I will not be redirected. I will not. You know, I think I've told this story. Everything you're doing, the enemy fights you, if it is for God. I must have told it. if I didn't tell it here, then it was with the women, where Pastor and I went to minister somewhere, and when we got there to minister, he had preached, I think day one, and how many sessions, you know, powerful, you know how it is, and it was powerful, and then the next day, I was going to preach, I mean, already I was intimidated, You know, because I was like, yo, I'm coming after this man. No, it's a real thing, in case you don't understand. And I was already feeling, uh, but I dealt with that. I didn't tell him. I just, I'm like, "Mm, I'm different. The grace on me is, you know, I have to keep telling myself. I have to remind myself, you are different. Your grace is different. You may not teach like him. I I have to tell myself. And so I spent good time encouraging myself in the Lord and ready to go and deliver his word. And as they were standing there and introducing me, while they were still talking, some guy just came beside me. Yeah, I know some of you heard it. Some guy just came beside me and says, "Hmm, Pastor Eric has been preaching powerfully. (laughs) He just stood there and And just Pastor Eric has been preaching powerfully. What are you going to say? It's real. One will remember. Two, you were there. Mawande, you were there. You may not have known. (laughs) Says what what are you going to say now? Pastor Eric has been preaching. And let me tell you, this man that came to tell me this, I had watched him earlier. He had been praying in the service. <laughs> he it wasn't a demon God sent. <laughs> or the enemy sent rather. He had been praying. I had seen him. So of course when he came to my side, I wasn't thinking anything. And so I leaned in as well as a leaning and said, Pastor Eric has been. <laughs> what you gonna do now? <clears throat> Immediately <clears throat> My, I started shaking. It was like a fiery dart. He shot at me. But I was fortunate because they were already introducing me. If he said it when I arrived, maybe. But with what I know now, I would have still gone on. But then, maybe I would have told Pastor Eric, you are preaching. <laughs> they want you. <laughs> But they had introduced me and with quivering lips, knees that were shaking, I went up. And then I saw why the enemy had to send someone to first come and whisper to me so that I could go back. Why is the enemy standing there? What is on the other side? What is on the other side? Why is he putting in so much energy? Why is he doing all this work? Amen. Hallelujah. The closer you are, as you're getting closer and closer to where God has ordained you. These guys were already in the middle. Listen, expect it to get even more intense. What I'm saying to you is, please stop being taken by surprise. You're following me? Because that's what is affecting you here, hey? When the enemy comes, woo, and you're like, Jesus, Jesus. I thought you, you said I should go. Or, Jesus, I thought I just defeated one last week. Why is there another one? You know, people that are like, why must we always fight? You've been fighting from the beginning. You fought to... Be the one that fertilized your mother's eggs. You've been fighting. You've been fighting for a long time. And you will continue to fight. Why? You ask him, why? Why is the enemy? Why 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 is he doing this? Why is he after me? It's because of what? The fact that you are closer than you were before remember the children of Israel the things they were facing as they continued on their journey they were little things oh we want meat oh where is the water oh it's so hot hey. we've been wearing these shoes for a long time ah, our clothes yes I know there's a miracle it hasn't shrunk but ah, can't we change they were dealing with silly things they you know they were still far. They were still far. When, but they were, when they were getting closer, when they were getting there to the promised land, just a few days away, that's when the spies were sent out. That's when the giants they saw. All the time they've been making noise. They haven't seen any giant yet. They were just seeing inconveniences. Some of the things you are seeing, they're not even giants. Then you haven't even seen the giants. It's just some things are like, ah, you went, you didn't have parking space, you, you know? Or you went there, they didn't attend to you immediately. You just had some inconveniences. Or you were trusting that the, the, the money would be released now and it wasn't released immediately. So you... Ju- those are just little things. Little things. You haven't even seen the giant yet. But the moment you start seeing the giant, begin to celebrate... Why? Because you are closer. You are set to arrive. Hallelujah. I'm way over my time. But can I finish? Hallelujah. Let me quickly go to how you defeat them. Exodus is the scripture we used on the posters. Exodus 23, 27. He says, I will send my fear before you. And I will cause confusion among all the people to whom you come, and I'll make all your enemies turn their backs to you. I just want you to know that God has already gone ahead, He's already sent fear ahead of you. You what you don't understand is what you are afraid of is already afraid of you. It's just that the enemy has a way of not showing you he's afraid. We cannot read, but you go home. I mean, if you look at Rahab, the story there, when the spies went to go and spy out Jericho, what did she say? Your fear, your dre- the dread of you has already filled our hearts. We're already afraid of you people. But they didn't know that the enemy was already afraid. They just needed someone. God just did good to them. But let Rahab just tell you that we are, they are afraid of you. So they're already afraid of you. So one of the ways God deals with the giant before you is to put fear even before you get there. He's already afraid. All you need to go to do is go. Amen. Put the fear. I have to say this. One time, armed robbers came into our house. Pastor and I were the only two at home. And they came into the house. And you can imagine it was, you know, with their arms and all of that, guns and all. And I remember, pastor just started speaking. I speak confusion. There were probably four to six men, armed men. And he just says, I speak confusion in the name of Jesus. First of all, the moment you see them, people breaking in and you see guns, are you not supposed to be afraid? It's a normal response. But he immediately said, I speak confusion in the name of, he put terror in them. Instead of, us being terrorized. Confusion. They became confused. They started arguing with each other. It was, it was delightful to see. They were arguing. Arguing with each other. And then left. They fought. They quarreled. They, you're, you're very stupid. You're, you know? And then that's how they left. They came to rob. The enemy came to steal, kill, destroy. Excuse me. Can I say this? That that is his mission. It's his mission, killing, stealing, destroying. It's his assignment. Don't be surprised. But your assignment is to bind him. Your assignment is to deal with him. And so when the enemy came in to steal, to kill and maybe destroy, even he put the fear of God, the terror of God in them. And they ran. My last scripture. Thank you for bearing with me, Isaiah 41:15. Isaiah 41:15, it says. Behold, I have made you into a new threshing sledge with sharp teeth. And you shall thresh the mountains and beat them small and make the hills like chaff. You shall winnow them. The wind shall carry them away and the whirlwind shall scatter them. You shall rejoice in the Lord and glory in the Holy One of Israel. I want you to know today that God has made you. You may feel like a worm. In fact, the scripture, uh, the verse before says, uh, uh, he's speaking to you worm, Jacob. You may feel small, but God is saying to you, I have made you a sharp, threshing." Instrument, I have given you what it takes to thresh mountains, to pull down giants, to cut off the heads of giants. He said to me, I'm giving people new swords. He's given you the sword today to cut down the heads of giants. Are you following me this morning? He has made you, you, you are his battle axe. He has made you a sharp threshing instrument. And so when you find a mountain and when you find a giant, instead of turning back, come yourself. You are a sharp threshing instrument. If you move forward, if you move forward, you will thresh the mountains. For you to thresh, you will beat the mountain down. If you can just move forward if you will not be intimidated I want you from today to know who you are you begin to tell yourself I am a sharp threshing instrument I'm a sharp threshing instrument I have teeth I have teeth when I handle a giant the giant comes down when I handle a giant I beat it down to a pulp I bring it down from today we will not be surprised to see giants. Yeah. From today, we will not be surprised because of opposition. Yes. But we will know how to deal with opposition. Yes. We stand up and we say, Lord, I am your battle axe. Use me this day to cut down. Yes. Yes. Cut down every obstruction in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's bless the name of the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Because I have taken a lot of time, I know there are people that may still want to be prayed for. If you want to be prayed for, if you just want ministry time, just wait on that side. There are people I included. I'll come there so that we can pray with you. Hallelujah. Come on, lift up your voice and begin to declare I'm a sharp threshing instrument. Begin to confront every giant now in the name of Jesus. Begin to confront everything that has stood, that has been speaking to you. Begin to thresh it in the name of Jesus. <laughs> this ministry has come to you live from every nation midrand.